Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Azuski. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. And this is Iggy Sports Talk. Make sure to go over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe to Iggy Sports Talk. So I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to episode 43 of Iggy Sports Talk. And this is a recording from an Instagram live that I did with Mike on the mic on Instagram, sort of recapping the Super Bowl and sort of debating each of our favorite parts and really breaking down what happened throughout the game. So let's listen to Mike on the mic and I's conversation about the Super Bowl. How's it going? Being a little interesting. How's it going, man? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Relaxing. There you go. Working. Where are you located right now? I'm in SoCal. I'm in Los Angeles area. There you go. There you go. How's the temperature out there? It's nice, man. 75 this time of year. Usually 70 at the at the coldest. Lucky duck. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in New Hampshire right now, so we got we got some nice snow on the ground. It's a nice brisk 25, 30 degrees. Oh, nice. Over here. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, um, but I, w- I wanted to get you on to s- sort of get your thoughts about pretty much the whack game that was the Super Bowl last night. Uh, and I, I kind of want to start with sort of like the main topic that everybody's really talking about is who is to blame for the Chiefs' loss? Uh, I don't think it falls on one specific person too much. Um, I think they, they definitely had a rough week with the whole COVID scare and the scandal with Andy Reid's son, everything that happened. So there was definitely a lot of distractions. I think the person to blame for the Chiefs' loss is Todd Bowles and that defensive game plan that they put together. They couldn't do anything. Pat Bowles was doing damn near superhuman stuff, scrambling and throwing that ball around. But, I mean, you can't rely on superhuman stuff. I don't know if it was a lack of preparation because of distractions off the field or if the Buccaneers just came out and whooped their ass. It could just be that, too. I mean, they played almost a flawless game. And I actually picked the Chiefs to win in a couple quotes. I said it's going to take the Bucks to play a damn near flawless game for them to win this game, and they did, and they didn't just win the game. They showed that they're possibly the best team in football um, over the Chiefs now. 1,000%. And I, I thought it was really interesting, sort of the reaction, like waking up this morning to sort of how everybody was really reacting to this loss. And, you know, everybody was really putting the blame on Mahomes. I, I even – Mm-hmm. It's on ESPN. I, I posted a video about it because I, I saw this thing on YouTube. And uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was on ESPN and Keyshawn, I forget his last name. But oh, he, he, yeah, yeah. He, he said, uh, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to see Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl again. I'm like, I'm like, what? It, it's, his, it's his third season in the league and he just went to his second one. I'm, I'm like, what is ESPN talking about? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy to say. Because- <laughs> So phenomenal, and even in that, you know, loss, the worst loss of his career, I think, in my opinion, the only time I've seen him be dominated like that since he's joined the league, and I've seen a lot of Patty. I am a Chargers fan, so I see a lot of Patty everywhere, and I'm in a right. big Los Angeles, so I see him all over the billboards and everything, too. <laughs> um, but 
Uh, he's going to be back. He's going to be back for sure. And even in this loss, I think he looked good still somehow, which was ridiculous to me. Yeah, I, I mean, you saw that throw with Tyree. Still. Yeah, Tyree <laughs> Hill literally hit, hit off his helmet. I mean, there was another one where uh, he was, like, out of bounds. He did it right off of his upper one-foot sidearm. Yep. And it was slinged right into the end zone. And he was making some acrobatic plays out there. But and they were an, an interesting stat that came out off of Twitter was that he was the most pressured quarterback in NFL history or Super Bowl history. Sheesh. And he was accurate with these throws. Like that right. picture you're seeing going around of him, you know, kind of levitating off the ground and slinging that ball down the field. Mm-hmm. That should have been a touchdown. It should have dropped Absolutely it. Agree. <laughs> and then the I other one uh, with Pringle in the corner. Pringle kind of took a bad angle to it, or I think he just got caught up in the defense. But mm-hmm. the placement of the ball is exactly where you'd want to throw a corner of the end zone touchdown pass. Like, it's ridiculous how he did what, it. What's funny is that uh, is that my <laughs> friend uh, put a bet on the next Chiefs touchdown uh, would be scored by Pringle. So like throughout the game, like it didn't it didn't <laughs> matter like what point in the game it was. He's, he's like, "Yo, Pringle's on the field. Oh boy, maybe we get a touchdown." <laughs> I mean. I, I I bet you assumed, as everybody in, in the sports world did, that the Chiefs were going to at least score one touchdown. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were going to figure it out. I expected them when the game started. It went exactly how I was expecting it to go. They were going to kind of feel it out, kind of see what's going on with the offensive line, and go to whichever side is doing the best. Get Patrick Mahomes on the run to whichever side of the line is doing the best because you know the D line is just full of monsters. So you got to just kind of figure it out on the fly. Um, and find ways just to get the ball to Mahomes' hands really early in the game, first quarter, second quarter. Be okay with playing a field position game while you feel it out. So at the beginning of the game, I was like, okay, they're probably doing exactly what I was thinking they were going to do. And it kind of just never stopped. The, the the pounding from the defense and the pass rush getting to Mahomes just never stopped. They never figured out a way to limit it at all. Right. And as the game went on, you know, Brady and the Buccaneers kept scoring. So it just right. it got super quick. I don't know if you remember the play when um... – when the Buccaneers were about to kick a field goal. And this is when the game was, like, still pretty oh, close. And, uh, and then there was it was either an offensive line or a holding call. And, and, and it seemed like the penalties just kept on stacking yeah. up. And you got to a point where you're like, did, did Brady pay off the refs or are the Chiefs just <laughs> defense just like this bad? I don't know. I mean, I mean, that specific penalty was the offsides penalty. The guy lined up offsides. They went back and he lined up off sides. I mean, what can you really do about it now? It was fourth and five. Should have they brought the chain gain out and measured it? I think that might be a discussion to talk about. Um, and then the ticky-tacky calls with the holding and stuff, that happens in every NFL game. It just happens, you know, to the Chiefs a lot more. And that's the way that they play defense. They got to do that because their defensive backfield is not this elite defensive backfield. You know what I mean? Tyron Matthew is the best player on that, at least in that secondary, I yeah. should say. He can't cover everyone. And even he was struggling to keep up with some of the Tampa Bay receivers. So He was a mental case. They were in trouble going into this game, and I trusted Andy Reid, Mahomes, and everyone to figure out a solution to these problems. I was wrong. They didn't figure it out. And Tampa did, like I said, a perfect – like you couldn't have done a better job of exploiting those issues. I, I, I completely agree with you. And, and, and like you brought up Matthew, and, and he, he was – he, Honey Badger was really the, my only hope that that the Chiefs would sort of, you know, make Brady and the Bucks offense nervous. But it, it seemed like throughout that entire first half, he was just like a mental case. I, I mean, yeah. you saw him walking back to the to, uh, during halftime into the tunnel, and you saw him like yelling at his coach, like he was off the rails. And when I, when I saw that, 
I, I was I was like, what's going on with the, with the Chiefs defense? Like, are they going to be able to keep it together mentally? And 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 it just seemed like you always had this thought in the back of your mind of you know they're still not out of it. And you, even myself, no joke, you're gonna yeah. laugh at this. At the start of the fourth, I said to my boy, put ten dollars down for the Chiefs right now. Yeah. I, I don't. I've never sports bet in my entire life, and and I, <laughs> obviously after uh, after after the touchdown, I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't spend that ten bucks. But they've done it so many times. They've done it so many times, and I bet that bet would have paid off a lot bigger than ten bucks. So it might have been worth the risk. Right. You know what I mean? Because they've done it so many times to where they just have looked like they're going to lose the entire game, and then midway through the third quarter, fourth quarter, they kick into that other gear when the defense is tired. But the Buccaneers defense didn't get tired. They were they were all over them until the last play. Two minutes left in the game. The game's already sealed, and they're still getting interceptions and swatting balls down. They they were phenomenal last night, man. That defense was really stepped up towards the second half of this season, especially in the playoffs. And they're probably more responsible for this Super Bowl win than anyone. I mean, Tom Brady obviously, right. as well, but that defense stepping up is exactly what Tampa Bay was missing when they were struggling to begin the season. When they stepped up, it came and it came all at once. I even thought about it too, because like you know, I, I was thinking about well, they almost let up 400 yards to Taylor Henneke, and yeah, he's that's a 27 year old quarterback that was making his second start in the league, and and it, it's, it's something where like with that Bucks defense, I, I heard a stat uh, from Nick Wright. He said 92 percent of the times uh, that the Chiefs offense was on the field, they had five guys blocking, and you would have thought that at some point in the game, you know, the coaching staff would have had an extra guy, you know, stay like maybe to Kelsey, bring in another tight end to, to stay in, like actually give Mahomes some time to throw the football because I don't know about you. Maybe I, I was getting in my head about it. Maybe I was just like defending Mahomes too much. But I don't think I've really ever seen a quarterback have that limited amount of time to throw a football just throughout an entire extended part of a game. Yeah. It seemed like once he caught the ball, he was being pressured. Yeah. You know, got the ball, but he get into his drop back, and there's pressure there. He has to scramble around and try and figure out a way to do something crazy, and he almost did a few times. Pretty insane. If he completes one of those passes, that might be the highlight of the Super Bowl, even though they lost. That, that was some of the craziest throws I've ever seen. I haven't even seen Aaron Rodgers do anything crazy like that. I've seen Aaron Rodgers being tackled and kind of throw halfway down, you know, a 30-yard pass down the field and complete it. Mm -hmm. But Mahomes was floating through the air. Or jumping off of one foot, fading away out of bounds, and throwing accurate bullet passes, not even lobby right. like Hail Mary passes. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't think that this really falls on anyone specifically. I guess if I was going to place the blame on anyone, it would be the defense. They didn't yeah. play very well, and they shot themselves in the foot a lot. That's really the big thing. There was a few times where I was like, okay, they're going to get out the field here, and a dumb penalty, something real small that had nothing to do with the play. Mm -hmm. And did the the Buccaneers drive and they either get three or seven and you just you just can't do it. And to go back to the the Henneke point, I was at, I have a TikTok saved in my drafts right now about that and how it's like they struggle with him in the first round, but then went and destroyed Drew Brees, destroyed Aaron Rodgers, and then destroyed Patrick Mahomes. What? <laughs> it makes no sense. It, 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 but maybe maybe that will help Henneke get a job in twenty twenty one. Who knows? I don't think he's gonna. You, you know. With Henneke, I could see him being a backup, but like, ob ob like obviously, when he played that unreal game, funny enough, I have a, a lot of good friends who are big into this sports card stuff, and so I had a friend who was looking hundred dollars for a card yeah. and like yeah. trying to buy it like during the game. But uh, 
I was thinking, is this kid the, like Washington's uh, starter for 2021? Like, I, I was very impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think he locked his spot as the backup, especially if Alex Smith is going to be the starter next year. We're still a lot of question marks. Who's going to be the starter there in Washington? I think if they bring someone in and Alex Smith becomes the backup, okay, now Hanneke's he's probably going to move back on the depth chart. Um, I'm not sure what his contract situation is either because he just signed mm-hmm. on the team like that week, didn't he? He was a practice player. I have player. no clue. I have no clue. He just signed that week and just went out and showed some athletic ability. And maybe that, maybe Crazy. That's, maybe the Buccaneers weren't ready for him to be that athletic. Maybe that's what exactly. <laughs> well, I, I heard an interview with with Arians, and he said that they barely even had any film on him, like yeah. whatsoever. But uh, so, something that I thought about, uh, just like going going through the game in my head today, it reminded me. This game reminded me a lot of two thousand seven. And and with the Chiefs being the 2007 undefeated Patriots going into the Super Bowl with all the expectations, thinking that they're going to blow, that, that they're going to win, all the expectations of them being the favorite, and then you know the Giants, who in my opinion is the Bucks in this situation, really their their, their defense was the ones that stepped up. And in 2007, I remember Brady had no time to throw the football whatsoever, and it just reminded me so much that. You know, it doesn't matter how much expectations, like how high the expectations are or how good of a team you are. It, it all matters how you play during that game. Yeah, and, and you need an offensive line, especially when you're playing a good defense, a defensive line specifically. I mean, it's damn near impossible to do anything if you can't get any kind of push up front. You can't run the ball. You can't really step back and throw the ball deep. You have to throw all screens, all slants. And then when you're when the DBs of the Buccaneers are flying around they were the way they were also, what do you do? What do you do? And uh, Patrick Mahomes actually said it in an interview. He said they covered the outsides so we couldn't get anything outside the numbers. And then inside, the linebackers were all over everything. Right. He's like, we literally couldn't do anything because of the offensive line, obviously. But once you realize that that's their weakness, attack that weakness and plan accordingly how the Chiefs are going to respond Amazing job by Todd Bowles, man. I just keep going back to it. I'm going to record a video here, I think, today and probably be up tomorrow on the YouTube channel, like, more in depth. But Todd Bowles and the entire defensive staff and defense did one of the best jobs I think I've ever seen. Um, I completely agree. One of the best offenses I've ever seen. Joe Joe actually uh, did, did a really good comment a, a little a little bit ago saying that the uh, – that the – that the Bucks had been studying the Chiefs' offense since Week 12. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised that they've had their heads down, like thinking and knowing that they they probably play them uh, in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl or at least some point in the future. But something that came to mind um, is is remember how um, highly touted the Chiefs' offensive coordinator was throughout like the the head coaching sort of hiring. Yeah. I thought about this. Think about if he got hired by, like, let's say, like a high, a high profile team, like Chargers or whatever. Yeah. And um, after this game, what do you what do you think the sort of how how do you think people would be talking about that? Do you think that I think that would be a pretty big headline to where like this guy who is you know really looked at as this incredible offensive mind just really didn't show up in the biggest game? Yeah, it's like you didn't have a backup plan because you knew this was going to be an issue. This is a possible issue. And they shifted the linemen around. You know, they moved Wiley outside, moved some guards around to try and make it the best possible line they could put out there. But you still had to have that in the back of your mind. Okay, if they don't hold up, we need to have a plan. Um, As an NFL offensive coordinator, you should have a plan for battle line play. I mean, it happens. You're going to have injuries or you just might not have a good team. 
So yeah, there's there probably would have been a lot of questions because I mean they wouldn't announce that he's hired and probably until today or tomorrow, maybe even later because uh, of what happened last night. Uh, mm-hmm. But once he did get hired, you would have seen those those uh, murmuring. You you would have heard people talking about it. And people were already talking about it with Dable before he announced he's staying with the Bills. Like right. okay, well they didn't do anything against the Ravens. The weather was bad. We'll give him an excuse. Then they didn't do anything against the Chiefs defense. You know, superior by any means. So it's like everyone's like, okay. I mean, he's an offensive-minded guy, and in the playoffs, the offense got shut down. Right, exactly. I'm not saying that I'm uh, happy the Chargers didn't go and get Dable because I am a Chargers fan, um, but I like Staley. I like the hire that they did, and, and these guys are going to go back and be coordinators again, so we'll see if they dominate even more next year or how they fix these mistakes that happened in the important situations. Right. Last thing I wanted to bring up just particularly about the Super Bowl um, is do you think that the Bucks can – repeat because i i looked at their 2021 free agents and you know we got some major players we got we got um you, you got shaq barrett you got you got goodwin and and you got antonio brown you got fournette and it's going to be interesting I, I thought about this like with how fournette kind of like really helped build his stock up much better after the jaguars like could we see him not get obviously a, a melvin gordon dealer or anything equivalent to like a top running back but do you think that do you think the Bucks are going to be able to sign all these guys back? Uh, I think maybe Godwin might be on the outside looking in. The thing is, is with these franchises and stuff, and they may just go all in. I mean, they went all in this. Mm. They they right. went for this season. Very impressive how well these players all went together because it seemed like you were just creating an accident waiting to happen. You know, there's right. a bunch of guys with big eagles who have a bad history already. I'm sure Tom Brady had a big part in keeping those guys grounded and getting them all the way through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Right. Um, what usually happens in these franchises is you have a certain amount, and every franchise is a little bit different, that you want to dedicate to each position. You want to get, dedicate this much to your quarterbacks, this much to your receivers, this much to your line, this much to your running backs. I'm sure Mike Evans is sucking up a lot of that percentage, and, and you know, Godwin being on his rookie deal kind of makes it okay to have them both. Um, I could see the Bucks going ahead and saying, okay, A.B., come on back. We can get you at a discount. You'll be mm-hmm. wired to with uh, Evans and Scotty Miller can be the wide receiver three. I could see them losing Godwin, but the way Fournette played and the tandem with him and Ronald Jones, that might have been the biggest weapon late in the season like this. Those guys balled out. And during the regular season, it was Ronald Jones, and he was carrying the run game. And during the postseason, Fournette stepped up and carried the run game. So I really think it would be valuable and it will be worth it to bring Fournette on back. I-, I think that they should bring Fournette back. Maybe let Godwin go and see free agency. Godwin also had a little bit of drop issues. He isn't like an elite receiver. He's an amazing wide receiver too. Don't mm-hmm. think he deserves that wide receiver one money, but I think that's what he's going to cost. Yeah, I completely agree with yeah. you. I, 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 I could see the Bucks sort of going in a way where, you know, they're going to say, well, especially for guys like Gronk and, and even yeah. like kind of AB who's still trying to like build up his stock, they're like, do you want to be on a Super Bowl championship team again, or are you trying to go for the money? Because, you know, you're not going to see Gronk out there, really, because Gronk already said he's 100% coming back, and, and obviously to the Bucks. But, I mean, with both of those players, just I think they're going to kind of go, like, with the Brady mindset that he was in, in uh, New England. You know, I'll take a little bit less money to help the team. But, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be very interesting. Yeah, and uh, I could see them just being transparent with them. Like, hey, A.B., hey, Gronk. I mean, Gronk's probably just going to retire after Brady's done. But 1,000%. Once, once Brady retires, man, honestly, the way we're going to be, you know, driving ourselves into the hole, going all in, which is not a bad thing, we're going to blow this up. So yeah. just stick around for a couple of years, build your stock, and when, when we blow this up, you'll get a contract elsewhere. And I can see them using that, you know, just being transparent and honest with them. 
to get them to stay for a little cheaper. Right. I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the Bucks went out and tried to get at, at least like a younger quarterback. Because I remember with, they, they got Josh Rosen and they signed him to the practice squad, uh, but then he got signed uh, by the 49ers. Um, but I could honestly see them trying to go towards maybe somebody who like like I'm surprised that they didn't go for Dwayne Haskins, quite honestly. But going but going for some something like that type of contract where a guy who's trying to build his stock back up and is able to learn from a guy like Brady. And get that experience also being on a team. And then as far as them going back to back, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I'm a little worried and I'm not like doubting Brady obviously is a thing now. Don't do it. It's kind of what everyone's gonna be saying. But right. he did little he did regress a little there was a little bit of rough patches in there I saw a few throws that were like okay that was age right there he wouldn't have done that you know five six years ago um so I am a little worried that that's going to continue to happen and it is it's no one can beat father time even though Tom Brady has done an amazing job and he's already gone further than anyone probably ever has at his age well he has right he's gone further than anyone in any sport has at to longevity wise but at a certain point like he can't play when he's 70 years old so the day is going to come. Um, so I'm not really confident in just going ahead and stamping the Buccaneers as back-to-back Super Bowl champions now. I know the Chiefs are going to be back. I know Green Bay is going to be aggressive this offseason. If they aren't, then shame on them because yeah. this, this is just going on for way too long. I think I the Rams are now the third-best team in the NFC, and they're going to be real competitive in these games. And they're mm-hmm. a team that can upset you in the playoffs with that defense. I mean, they were a team that could upset you this year. Um, right. You add a, a guy on offense that's going to make their offense maybe one of the better offenses in football too. So, I mean, I think it's going to be real tough in the NFC. I think the Chiefs actually have a better chance of getting back than the Buccaneers if I had to pick it right now, right this second. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It, it's, it's something where it's, it's, it's interesting hearing, hearing an outsider's perspective because, I mean, I've been in New England for the last mm-hmm. 22 years. And so, like, especially seeing Brady last year, like, I, I saw, like, a massive decline. But you can completely correlate that to the lack of offensive line and the mm-hmm. lack of weapons that he had. Um, but I, I honestly thought that he was declining to a point, at, at least last year. Um, but last thing that I want to bring up is, is a topic that it was, it was interesting how much noise uh, really came up about it during the Super Bowl when they were talking about a guy in a, on a team that isn't even in the Super Bowl. What is your thoughts from an outsider's perspective, especially from somebody who isn't from New England, because I have a very biased perspective, What's your thoughts on the Brady versus Belichick BS that we've been hearing about all season? And it seems like it just keeps on doubling down on Belichick every (laughs) single opportunity anybody gets. I think it's BS. I'm with you on it. I think like uh, a thought that came up and a lot of people are talking about, like you said, what's Bill Belichick thinking right now? And you see the memes and you see the fun stuff. He doesn't care. I'm just thinking in my head, like he's probably happy for Tom Brady. Yeah. Right? I bet you the whole entire Patriots organization and every Patriots fan in existence should be happy for Tom Brady. Yeah. Because you had to eventually go into a rebuild. And that's what the Patriots right. are going to do. And we'll see what Bill Belichick really can do as a GM now because he's got to find a quarterback. He's got to find a quarterback first and then build around whatever quarterback he decides is going to be the guy. I thought it was going to be Stafford. I, you know, I thought it was, might be Carson Wentz, but maybe he's going to go in the draft and get somebody. Um, so really, he's just got to be fo- – he's probably just focused on his rebuild and just happy mm-hmm. for Tom Brady. You can't win it even when Tom Brady was there. You don't win it every single season. There's a process to winning football, and you can have a successful season without winning the Super Bowl. Now, it's not the ultimate prize. It's not the goal. The goal is to win mm-hmm. every single season, but you can still be successful in a step towards the Super Bowl without actually winning it. And I think the Patriots were successful. 
They found out that Cam's not the guy. They kind of traded water for a season getting to this crazy QB. But now you kind of have the pick of the litter. Go grab somebody. You know what I mean? And, and Cam Newton probably sold some jerseys, probably sold some tickets before COVID hit. Mission accomplished. See you later, Cam. Right. That's one year, you know, cut ties deal at the end. I, I couldn't stand watching Cam as a Patriots fan. It was so difficult watching that offense because it, it was just so dysfunctional mm-hmm. and they couldn't get anywhere, especially in, especially when he got in the red zone and he just had to run it in. I mean, the guy's freaking 6'5", like 250. He's going to get, he's going to get in there. Uh, but my, my main thing with, with the whole debate is, is just sort of the comparison. I mean, I mean, you look at Brady, the pro bowl offense that he has. I mean, if you, if we were, Three years in the past, AB Pro Bowler, Fournette Pro Bowler, Evans Pro you know what I mean? And then you look at Belichick, eight guys opt out, most players that left through free agency, you know, brand new quarterback. And that's the only thing that as, as, a, as a Patriots fan frustrates the hell out of me because it's just when you look at the comparisons, like yeah. it's, it's, it's literally like it's, it's up, it's, it's so far off. Like, you got a Super Bowl team versus a team that probably should only won four or five games. Seriously. You know what I mean? And and they did pretty impressively some of these games where they should have shut down offenses with half of a defense. Uh, pretty, pretty. And they almost beat the Chiefs with uh, Hoyer and Stidham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a way too close game. And that was one of the games where everyone was like, what's going on with the Chiefs? That might have yeah. been part of this ladder that led us to what happened last night. I'll leave this for the people that do are, are out there saying, like, Bell Belichick is whatever. You know what I mean? Because Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without him. Tom Brady doesn't exist without Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick and the Patriots don't exist without Tom Brady. They were a team. That's the whole point of football. They did it together. Both of them probably have, you know, different qualities that they brought to that dynasty. And those Mm -hmm. qualities lining up is what made it so perfect. So they both deserve credit for it. Tom Brady's still successful after. Bill Belichick, I think, is still going to be successful after. It's over. The dynasty's over. We need to stop bringing it up. And it'll never stop. You can't stop it. But that's my mindset on it. And I, I, I mean, people always forget that like Tom was the last pick, and yeah. if the Patriots didn't pick him, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. Yeah, he might not even exist. Exactly. I saw. I saw one last thing. I saw. I saw somebody posted uh, his resume on Instagram. I just started laughing my butt off. They're like, "What job do you think Tom Brady would have done if he, if he didn't get drafted?" I'm like, "Oh, that's amazing." <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, Mike, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about the Super Bowl. We definitely got to do another live again. Of course. Um, I'm going to be doing a uh, I'm going to be doing a weekly radio show um, in like the next like week or so at my college. Uh, so I'll definitely hit you up about Ooh. talking fo- talking football. Uh, but yeah, we definitely got to do this again, man. Yeah, it was good. It was a pleasure finally get to work with you. We've crossed paths in a few different places and finally get to actually get on and talk. Exactly. A lot of thanks for the invite. Anytime, man. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Definitely our collab again. But I hope you have a great rest of your night, my man. You too. Have a good night, man. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, 
Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.